This episode of the Turf District Podcast is brought to you by ATB. At ATB, we make banking work for you by offering both expert and practical advice in saving, budgeting, and paying off debt. And though your financial situation... Uh, and the economy may change over time, you can be confident that your money is safe and secure with ATB. We have a history of doing what's right for our clients, especially when times are tough, because ATB was built to help Albertans. For more information, visit atb.com. That's atb.com. Enjoy the show. Time to huddle up. It's the Turf District Podcast. Welcome back to the Turf District where we huddle up and talk all things Edmonton Elks and the CFL. And we were a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. And of course, we are a member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network as well. I'm Andrew, and welcome to Turf District 2.0, uh, our first recording from the brand new space. So it might be a tad echoey because I don't have all of my lovely pictures up yet to make sure that uh, it kind of helps with the muffling sound. But uh, hey, we're in the new space and we're recording once again and we're talking actual football, which is very exciting. Uh, it's our season preview show. And of course, we have our amazing guests joining us. But first, let's see who is also joining us virtually. Of course, it is the one and only... Super fan, Mike. Lovely. Jazz horns. Yeah. Jazz so, horns. Yep. Fantastic. Jantlers. <laughs> Jantlers. That's yeah, a, why not? Boy, you've been thinking up new ones every week. I know. I, TM. I'm, I'm a, I am enjoying this. I loved jazz jazz horns, but Jantlers might actually be better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll put out a poll after this, and we'll see who thinks uh, what. What's the winner? What What do if, we regularly call if these? Dolph can have his jorts. I can have my Jantlers. <laughs> <laughs> there's, yeah, there's something inappropriate there. I'm just going to leave it alone. Okay, <laughs> who else is here? Oh, joining we'll us from uh, places that are not her own. But one's still joining because she wants to talk to us about football. Uh, it's the one and only Commissioner Kayla. How are you, Commissioner? A wanderer. How are you? Well, so that's like every week. That's. I mean, that yeah, doesn't. Yeah. That doesn't really change. That's. The... <laughs> Who knows where I'll be next? That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it Art's fun. Arts unknown. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so it's been uh, kind of a fun uh, weekend. I, I know that I got to hang out with the Strulays and, and the Sprules and kind of say hello. And Mike, you've got uh, Super Mom in town. So uh, how, how was the long weekend for you all? Uh, it's been great. Uh, like you said, I had a time to visit with Super Mom. So that's been great. It's been uh, over a year now. So uh, kind of nice to get those real hugs instead of doing the face to face chat over the phones. But uh, yeah, it's been a great time uh, visiting family and, uh, you know, had to go out to do a little shoe shopping with uh, Jedi. But, uh, you know, I'm sure they both managed 
you know, all right. <laughs> Excellent. And Commissioner, you're just going to the mountains out of the blue. That's what yeah. you're doing. Why not? Yeah. That's well, good to, good to yeah. try these things. <laughs> well, projects on a long weekend, and then you take a few days off to actually do the holidays because... I don't do long weekends usually. It's much too busy, especially August and July long weekends. Like I don't like leaving my house. But yeah, it's uh it was actually quite busy coming to the south. So we just take the secondary highways. I hate highway two with like a patron. <laughs> it's getting crazier every single time I go on it. So I'm like, eh, two A will take like forty extra minutes. I don't care, I'm not stressed out. Well, you know what our guests would say about that. You know how you calm yourself when you're driving on Highway 2? You listen to Billy Joel. Uh, And I'm sure that he's going to tell us all about that in mere moments, guys. Uh, It has been 21 months, 651 days since we have had football at Commonwealth. And it is about to happen this Saturday. And there's no better way to celebrate that than doing our annual season preview with our good friends, Dave and Morley. Uh, now, hang on a second. This is odd. Why did that not all of a sudden? Let's do this. There they are. <laughs> Yay. The magic of technology. <laughs> the hey. magic of pressing the right button. Hey, guys. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> doing awesome. Doing, I mean, even better. Now that we, uh, we're talking to you guys, we're talking to, uh, we're doing a season preview. We didn't get to do that last year. So uh, having you guys here is, is, a, is a really good sign for me. I don't know. <laughs> about you guys but it just it really makes me feel happy oh that's awesome you know i remember when we did the show last year morley and i it was i think in may and there was so much uncertainty and i remember andrew you asking me what's your prediction on a season i went oh god like, you know, <laughs> who knows and it didn't happen but it's just nice to be here that uh, we know by saturday it's uh as morley would say it, it's time to what Let's light this rocket. There you go. Let's get Good. it going. Nice. What did you say? 651 days? Correct. In between oh. games at Commonwealth. Like, it's it's, it's crazy, right? Yeah. So, um, actually, one of the fan questions we got, Morley, right on that on that point was, new team name, you know, new things going. Are, we're still getting light this rocket, though, right? You're not changing that. Oh, yeah, that's, that'll be back. That'll okay, be good. Back. Okay, yes. good. I was a little worried for that's a minute. There are, there, I've been, uh, one thing I've been trying to figure out, and I've been just going over in my head, I've got about 40 things written down. It's a touchdown call because, obviously, I have to change that. So yeah. It was pretty simple. Uh, so I'm, I'm, we'll see. Well, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth when they score the first touchdown. We'll find out, <laughs> we'll find out on Saturday, hopefully real early. <laughs> and often. That's the more yeah, important. Early and often yeah. would be great. Yeah, I want you to get lots of practice with it, Morley. That's what, that's really my concern. Is I want to make sure that they give you lots of opportunities to practice the touchdown call, so you're good at it. You're welcome. Uh, that's here's hoping. Here's that's hoping. Right, yeah. uh, and they they had an offense that could score a lot of touchdowns this year, so I'm looking forward. You'll to be it. good with that. Um, how how did it feel for you guys? Uh, you know, we're, we've talked about 21 months. We've talked about all these things. Uh, three weeks ago. You know, you're walking into that stadium with guys on the field. Um, how how did that feel for you, Dave? Let's let's start with you this time. Um, I had the the shivers. I had just this amazing euphoric feeling. I'm on this field, or I'm you know in this stadium watching the sport I love again. You know, and and watching watching the guys go through warm up. I'm like, this is this is happening. Because we've talked about this for so long and, you know, and, and, and to finally see it happen in front of you, 
uh, it, it was amazing. And, you know, it's funny because uh, we're, we're entering the stadium from a different location. So we used to enter it more like on the south end. Mm-hmm. Now we're entering it from the north end. It's a view I haven't really seen very much, you know, in, in my time doing the games. Um, and it just looked, it looked, just looked gorgeous with the, the team on the field, with the field house in the background, with the double E logo, it just looked gorgeous. And I'm like, I got to snap a couple pictures here. Yeah. And it was just, it was just fantastic. Um, you, you know, I just, it, it, you know, I, I just, you just crave this day, you know, the first time you're walking back into the stadium for a football related thing. And yeah. when it when, when it happened, it was it was unbelievable. It, it was just pure joy. Oh, that's that's fantastic, and I I agree with you. I couldn't believe how that first walking in moment. You're just like, wow. I I knew I missed it, but you know, you really missed it <laughs> when you walk in. Uh, Morley, mm-hmm. what was it like for you? Yeah, same. It was pretty emotional. It was it was kind of neat to walk in, and, and it's a it was a it's a longer walk from where we go in now from where we park. So we kind of walk along the stadium in in front of it, and then and then go in. And whole time you're walking in, like you don't know what you're going to see, right? You not you don't know what you're expecting. And as Dave said, it's a new angle for us. So, and uh, it, it, I was okay. And then when I walked in, I saw guys in the field, and I thought, Jesus. I haven't seen that in a long time. That's pretty cool, and that's that's kind of like what I what I liked about it. And then we got to the room. We're not we didn't watch training camp from our from our booth like we normally are because that was tier one. And like the players, they take naps up in the press box and they have meetings and stuff. And and Brock Sunderland and his uh, staff watch from up there, so it was tier one. So we can't go in there until I guess till this coming week. And so we walked around to the other side, and and I kind of. I kind of kind of came back to me when I was and I was unpacking my briefcase because I hadn't taken my binoculars out of my briefcase in about 651 days apparently, <laughs> and so uh, it was it was just kind of neat to to get all the the tools of my trade out and and start to do stuff with it. It was it was it was neat, and then doing you know like I I just got the habit when I was doing hockey I got the habit. As soon as you start watching practice, you write down lines, right? And I got in the habit of football. As soon as I start watching, I, I write down, you know, the everybody's position and where they are in the field. And I just started doing that right away. And it was like uh, it's like riding a bike. It's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, that's that's fantastic. Not not that I'm surprised at all. I knew it would be uh, very good for you guys just to get back in there. But it's it, it's an emotional thing, and I think a lot of people are going to have that on Saturday when they're yeah. in the stadium. I, I think you know. for sure because people couldn't come in to watch practices, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of – it's almost like baseball where it's spring training and you don't get to see anything until they come for their home opener, right? And, and I think Saturday is going to be pretty emotional for a lot of people. I know, uh, I know I've know, i seen on, on social media a lot of people just starting to really get jacked up and really get excited about it because it's – you know, I've David, I've been watching it for three weeks now, but you know, for, for everybody else when they get to the stadium, it's going to be uh, – it's going to be something brand new for him because it's you know you, you can't remember the last time you're in there really really was that a Saskatch was it a Saskatch Saskatchewan game was it I believe mm-hmm. so yes yeah yeah yep. October yep and they lost in, uh, right? nineteen yeah they lost yeah well time to revamp all of that we need to get, we need to get on the winning side and we need to get guys playing that's 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 the didn't need to drudge up some bad memories there yeah well way to go Morley <laughs> jeez bring you on the show and you talk about all this negative no I'm kidding um <laughs> but uh um but let's let's talk about camp um you guys were our our eyes on the field um like you said fans weren't able to go in so um let, before we get into like the specifics of cuts and and kind of who's left and all that, uh, compared to other camps that you guys have seen, um, what did you? How did you think this camp went? And and how did you think about how it was run? 
this felt like a very long camp because, you know, when you have a normal camp, you have two exhibition games. And I think you have markers that you work towards. And without those two exhibition games, man, it just seemed like a long, long day. I mean, I think they were a long, long process. Like they were, how many practices did they have? Like some like 15, 16 practices they had, you know, structured in days off, which was, I think, a pretty, pretty novel idea from, uh, from Jamie Elizondo. Uh, It just felt like it was extremely long. But you know what I noticed too, and we know in camp, you know, by in a normal in a normal setting, and it kind of showed up here too. By by day three, four, they're getting tired, they're getting worn out, they're mentally and physically drained. They can't stand each other. <laughs> and honestly, we we saw we saw scuffles. wasn't very many, but I never saw so many smiles after a training camp session from the guys. They were just so happy to be there. So. You could just tell that they did not take this for granted. They they were happy to be back, and uh, you got to give them credit. They were extremely professional because it's hard to go that length of time to play against yourself, and that you know, and, and not not have a different colored shirt to go smash. You know, it, it, it's it's hard. Uh, but I I was impressed with the professionalism of the group. Yeah, the thing that uh, that I noticed on day one is everybody was happy to be there, obviously, but uh, the tempo was pretty quick. And I know that came that day came just a couple of days after everyone in Saskatchewan ripped their Achilles. Yeah, and I think the and even even Jamie Alessandro said the next day he said I had to slow them down on day two because they were just going too hard and too fast, and everybody was just excited to be back. And I think that's that you know when was the last time a veteran was looking forward to training camp right uh, and 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 wishing they could play in preseason games which didn't exist this year and they never want to play in previous years right or they only want to get a couple of series in and then sit down so yeah it was it was everyone was appreciative to be there happy to be back and looking forward to whatever lies ahead this year and now you guys said like obviously the the no preseason but then uh they did have a scrimmage and I'm I'm curious two things about that. One was um was there guys in the scrimmage that you were like, wow, he jumped out in the scrimmage but didn't in regular practice parts. Um and then the second part of that question is what do you think it's going to be like when they actually are hitting guys because I'm assuming in the scrimmage they were, you know, it was not it was not full out tackling. More like Yeah, it was yeah. It was yeah, it was a little tame mm-hmm. physical wise for sure, obvious, for obvious reasons. But uh, the guys that I really remember noticing uh, in the scrimmage uh, was was uh, receiver Ernest Edwards mm-hmm. who uh, who caught a touchdown and a couple other passes, and the running backs. Uh, all three of the running backs had big runs and looked like they were ready and and, and really played well, and they had three interceptions. So. And like I asked Jamie Elizondo afterwards, I said, "Is that is that how does that make you feel? Because you got three interceptions, but you you gave up three interceptions, right?" And he obviously gave the line which he's used a lot about uh, you know switching hats. And when he goes in the defensive room, he'll be he'll praise him and be happy. When he goes in the offensive room, he's got to say, "We can't let this keep happening. We got to be better." So, uh, but the defensive backfield, the running backs, and uh, and Ernest Edwards uh, and uh, Trevor Harris, the first series. I believe he went one for four, and the second series he went four for four. And and after, I don't know if there was rust or what the case was, uh, there might have been a couple of balls that should have been caught that weren't in the first series, but he was just 
precision-like in the second series, just uh, just ripping off receptions, uh, you know, one after another. And looked really good, and he didn't play much after that because I think they'd seen enough and let the other the other quarterbacks come in. But uh, those those are what I what I remember. Those are the things I remember most about uh, the scrimmage, which was kind of a mini scrimmage. It wasn't really uh, a full out scrimmage. They did have refs and they, you know, they were making calls and stuff like that. There's too many penalties. That's, that's one thing that happened as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was good to watch. That's for sure. It was fun to watch because we hadn't seen anything like it for a long time. <laughs> Anybody for you, Dave? I just think, you know, the entire defense seems very fast and very physical and, you know, I, I, you know, you, you definitely notice Knighty's not in the middle anymore on the D line in, in Amondo Sewell, but you know, Mike Moore is really good. We saw a lot of the uh, kind of the twos and threes because Jake Sarezen didn't see a lot of action in camp. Uh, we saw Reggie Howard. We saw Andrew Ankra. Uh, they look good. The secondary, I think, is the most improved area of the team, mm-hmm. and it's obvious when you have all five starters in there. They look really good, even a Scott Hutter. I mean, Scott Hutter to me is uh, was a real standout in that defense, and he looked calm and composed back there at safety, which is you don't get from a lot of safeties. Sometimes they give up too much depth. Sometimes they're just over, you know, they're over, they're over angling onto one side or the other. He was really steady, uh, but you know, you think about the the Albert Smalls, the the Darius Williams, the you know those type of players. They stepped up and played very very well and you know jordan Beaulieu had a pick six in that in that scrimmage and then he got cut yeah so that's tough too right he played he played really well but then when it was all said and done when you put in the whole body of work he just wasn't good enough to make the team so you know that was that was a bit of a you know a bit of a unfortunate happening too but you know overall i think you know no thorpe the defensive coordinator is is really i think uh showing off the the uh, versatility and the aggressiveness that he wants to see. And, you know, when you have two linebackers in Niles Morgan and Keyshawn Barrera that just stood out from day one and were consistent all the way throughout, including that scrimmage, and it just shows you the the job that those two did uh, to impress the coaching staff. So uh, this defense might be a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, I don't know about you, Mike, but that makes me excited because uh, oh, always does. <laughs> like defense, yay! I like that. I've, I'm 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 all good on a new linebacker. That that's that makes me that makes it lots of fun. Um, sure, we'll talk about the old one soon. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We we will. Yeah, we will. Um, uh, Dave Winchester had a question for you guys. Um, out of the entire camp, what was your biggest surprise and what was your biggest disappointment? If you had to pick between those two. Ooh, you go first, Marley. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if he's going to pass that off. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, disappointment for me would be the the veterans who who got released, um, and and that's I guess that's part of the surprise too. You you never you know from and I. Dave and I like sometimes look at things differently because we also we like guys who are good interviews as well. <laughs> of course, we lost a couple of those uh, <laughs> through the cuts this year. But uh, to me, it's it's I think it's always tough when veterans have to leave, and, and we we saw three veterans leave during this training mm-hmm. camp uh, with, with Kenny Stafford, Vontae Diggs, and and Sean Lemon. Although you know Lemon wasn't here in 2019, but. He, everybody know, considers him a veteran. Obviously, and, he's a great. Yeah, and Kevin Brown player. too. Like, yeah, yeah, and Kevin right? Brown too as yeah. well. Yes, 
Um, so, and again, I mean, with with those two, especially the linebackers being released, that tells you how good those two linebackers are. And I think it's really a big step by the coaching staff to release proven players, guys with experience for guys who don't even get to play a preseason game to show you how they are when the lights go on. And to me, they not they not only just won the job, they really won the job because they're able to convince got to convince the coaching staff and the team to move with them ahead of veterans who the staff knows all about, who there's a resume of and there's video of and and you can talk to anybody about Vontae Diggs and, and Sean Lemon and and, and uh, Kevin Brown and they'll tell you you know how, how how good they have been and how good they could be, but those guys must have impressed so much that the that the coaching staff felt pretty confident in going with Morgan and Vieira over over uh, any other linebacker. So that kind of to me is the disappointment and and the surprise is how well those linebackers played coming in. The disappointment is losing guys, but you know the surprise is those guys look pretty good, and I think uh, I think they'll be pretty exciting to watch. The the, the talk both uh, both from. Uh, uh, Elizondo and from Thorpe, uh, the the way they play physically, uh, they really, really lead with a physical game. Both guys have gone out of their way to mention that, how physical they are and uh, and how they're not afraid of any kind of contact whatsoever. So that's always great to see in a defense, especially in the linebacker positions. Well, in the video that I saw, Biera doesn't look like he's a horrible interview. So that's a good thing. Yeah, true. true. <laughs> On that side of things. Well, well, we're living in a Zoom world. Kind That's of true. Everybody's a horrible <laughs> Wait, what? What's going? What are we doing here? No, I'm kidding. Um, okay, yeah. Dave, what about you? I think what surprised me is how well all three running backs played. Okay. Uh, in camp, uh, and James Wilder Jr. I'll throw in there as well. I I didn't know what James Wilder Jr. Which version we would see because there's two of them. There's a really good one, and there's the one that doesn't look interested, to be honest. You know, and we've seen that. He looked really interested, and he is a powerful runner. You first, you look at him, like this. This man is ripped, cut, shredded, just chiseled. (laughs) It's amazing how specimen in shape he is, Um, and how physical, how fast he is, how smooth he is, and how good he is at catching the football out of the backfield, which I think is going to be an element that this running back core. Uh, is going to be really strong at, and it goes down to Terry Williams. It goes down to Walter Fletcher. Here's the crazy thing. If all three are healthy, I think all three get on the roster because I think Walter Fletcher can play special teams and not necessarily returning. So there is there. Now, I don't know how you get all three running backs, the ball, if they want to go that way, but you have it there. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing how to me, they just they just look so good. This is the strength of the offense, in my opinion, right now because we're seeing they have great receivers, they have a great quarterback. The, the timing, I think, was really uh, it's a work in progress. I think we saw in the final week, you know, where it, it's coming, but we're, we might have to be a bit patient. The disappointing part is that their tackle situation is a little concerning, just because Sir Vincent Rogers he had three four practices and he was shut down for the rest of camp. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Saxler didn't make it much farther than that, but you know. So we saw Steven Nielsen. We saw some other, uh, you know, young tackles come up, and they played pretty well. But now, when we're playing for real on Saturday, I want to see how they hold up. So to me, that's the disappointing part: is they had an embarrassment of riches at, at tackle, and now it's a real big question mark. So. But, you know, everyone has to have their first start at some point, and we're probably going to get at least one, maybe two tackles get their first start in the CFL coming up on Saturday. 
you think about where they are at the offensive tackle spot now compared to where they were going into camp. You know, they had a whole bunch of guys. Yeah. And Tommy Dringham retires. Derek Dennis, I don't know if we call it retiring or whatever he's doing. He, you know, he's not playing. <laughs> then Colin Kelly gets hurt doing push-ups in his hotel room. Uh, and then Servi gets hurt. Then Saxon gets hurt. And all of a sudden they go from, you know, they had five pretty solid veterans fighting for two spots. Now they could have all their offensive tackles, except for uh, Renfrew, uh, Justin Renfrew, don't have a game under their belt in the Canadian Football League. So they, they really went, as Dave said, from an embarrassment of riches to to just a bunch of young guys who have looked pretty good. I know I know uh, Jamie Elizondo is pretty happy with the way uh, a couple of them especially have played. He knows They know what they have in Renfrew, so he's a, he's a great guy to have around if he starts or if he's there in case there's issues. He's pretty dependable to have. Uh, I know uh, DeAndre Wesley's had a pretty good camp, too, at that spot, and uh, he might be a guy who, who, who could surprise people by getting a start on Saturday. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's that. That is news because <laughs> well, I know if, we've been trying if, to piece everything I, together, if, right? And it's yeah. That's if if Sir Vincent and and Saxon, of course, can't play, and we'll probably find out more about them tomorrow when when the team goes back to work. Right. And I think the um, uh, speaking of that, uh, and Mike, I know that you're going to be excited about this too. So um, the new injury reports that have now been coming yes. out. Exciting. Oh my goodness! Like they. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And it lessens my chances of getting yelled at by someone from the the higher ups of the football team. I love it. So I love it. Good. I really, really like the way they do that. So yeah, the the Elks should be putting out their first one tomorrow. I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. So and yeah, it'll be it'll be tomorrow. Yeah, we'll get we'll get a, we'll get an Elks Red Blacks uh, injury report. Yeah, helps yeah. for betting, right? Oh yeah, sure. it's, I mean it's because of the the betting that's coming in the the signal yeah. game betting moving forward. So you know if. The CFL has been notorious for for hiding guys, right, and 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 for not letting anyone know if they're hurt, and you don't see a guy, and you know, I mean, how many times? Well, Mike O'Shea said for three weeks that that you know his running back is going to be fine, right, and Andrew Harris <laughs> hasn't still hasn't practiced, right, but Mike DNP, oh yeah, he'll be okay, he'll be okay, he'll be okay, he'll probably play, yep, you know, uh, so and coaches love to hide injuries, and, and right. why not? Because it helps them, right? They feel it helps them, so they're trying to hide injuries, but. Uh, for the for the greater good, they have to disclose a little bit more now than they have in years past. Yeah, not not a bad thing at all. So, um, okay, I'm going to go through a couple of the notable cuts. Um, uh, Mike and Kayla, jump in if there's a name that you were like, hey, I, that one kind of you know made made it made something or. Uh, was important to me. Um, I put Kinsey on there because I liked him over those first two days. But if the the tiredness dropped in on day three and then he wasn't there very long, I guess uh, Fletcher took that next step, uh, which I had also said he looked like he was really good. Um, Shakir Ryan, uh, Quabina Asare, they've been signed with Calgary and then was released right away. Uh, Rodney Smith, or as we were saying, Rodney Smooth, um, who then went to the Argos, but then also got cut out of the Argos. So um, then, of course, like you said, we lose uh, co-host Kenny, uh, Kevin Brown, um, names that I think we were all a little surprised to see pop up, um, especially in kind of the middle of camp. It wasn't like on a cut down day. It was just like all of a sudden this guy's gone. And um, I know with Kevin Brown, there was a thing about maybe he could pick up with another team and and he still could. Absolutely. Um, but I, I, I know I was surprised in the first couple of days that he wasn't playing that middle spot. And, uh, but obviously Biera had really kind of taken over the, the launching on that spot. Does that make sense? Or is that kind of what you guys saw? 
I think right from camp, Kevin Brown wasn't even with the starters. He was in a backup role, um, which, you know, maybe surprises you a bit yeah. because they thought he could maybe play Will, could play could play uh, the, the middle linebacker spot. Um, so when they started camp, it was Vieira at middle, Vontae Diggs at, at Will, and Brian Walker at Sam, and Walker was, is still there. Mm-hmm. He was the only one of the three that, well, 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 he, um, you know, he's he's the veteran among the 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 three mm-hmm. with Niles Morgan. So, uh, you know, I I think Kevin Brown was, I guess, you know, I was a little surprised too. And I I'm looking for 41 on the field, and he's not with the first team. Yeah. There were times where he was running with the threes. So, and there were times he was a backup. He was a backup on special teams. So, um, I think right from the get go. I mean, you know, he doesn't. It's not like he doesn't know Noel Thorpe or doesn't know the system. He does because mm-hmm. he played under Noel in, in Ottawa. So that was a bit of a surprise. Um, but you know what? I think it just speaks to how highly they thought the the, the two kids played uh, and how and how highly they thought of them before camp. And you know, you got to cash your check, right? I mean, if you're you know what that, that old that old line, you know, we, you got to I'm going to give you a check. You got to tell me how much I'm going to write on it, and you got to cash it and, and morgan and biera did that and kevin brown for some reason just wasn't considered uh as a as a starter wasn't even really considered as a special teams option so it was kind of strange yeah l- l- that was a little odd to me that one but um and then on main cut down day uh you had already mentioned jordan uh Beaulieu, which um i thought after a couple of seasons but obviously hutter has taken that next step and and, mm-hmm. and kind of outplayed him there uh sender as well that i thought were kind of that backup canadian guy that had been around a little bit but um they they moved on from there uh you were already talking about the offensive tackles thaddeus coleman uh was a, a a bit of a surprise for me just as a veteran being that they had lost so many offensive tackles yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, and, and he he didn't get much of a chance because he had to quarantine for a week, right? And then he only got to play for a week before he got released. So he didn't, you know. Uh, but I think they, by the time they had to make a decision on him, uh, they knew what they had in, in the younger guys. And okay. obviously, this tells me too with with him leaving that Servi's not that bad, uh, Saxon not that bad. I mean, those guys they haven't practiced, but they've been out in the field every day and they've been they've been working out, they've been doing things. So uh, they're not like you know they're not holed up somewhere they're not you know they don't have any any casts on or, or arms and slings or anything like that so uh this tells me the fact that that coleman was in that group that got released on the cut down day was the fact that those guys will be ready if not week one maybe week two maybe week three but it's certainly not long term for either one of them i don't think yeah that's that's good news <laughs> we'll take that out of there uh then of course the big one that you were talking about dave Vontae diggs um who then later signs in toronto but um as you said those those two younger guys had kind of stepped up and and taken on the, those spots um niles morgan i i really haven't seen anything of but i assume that you were impressed very impressed because he played both middle and he played will okay and honestly he played both really well and to play Will linebacker in the CFL, as you all know, I mean, you have to be your head has to be on a swivel. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're checking down on the run. There are offenses that'll match up running backs, match up receivers on that Will linebacker. Um, but Niles Morgan and Morley and I talked about this, I believe, late last week. Niles Morgan is the closest that we have seen to Dexter McCoyle. Really? Dexter McCoyle was a cover down linebacker playing Will. You know, and they had Otha Foster back then in 1415 playing the Sam. But 
I think that's kind of the closest thing that we have seen out of a Dexter McCoyle mold is Niles Morgan. You know, he's, you know, like Keyshawn Barrera, he's thick. He's thick. He moves well. But Morgan is more slight, uh, moves well, and is very physical too. But, uh, yeah, Morley and I were saying, my gosh, he looks like Dexter McCoyle. It's, it's wow. crazy. Yeah. He 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 did he did play that way. He looked he, he was impressive. You know that's that's the thing. It's pretty tough. You know you know you're having a good camp when it's like there's a hundred guys on the field, and y- your eyes drawn to him a lot because he's making plays. He's around the ball. He's doing things. You go, oh look at that. That was, that was fifty one again. Now it's fifty one again doing that. You know, and and we I I found myself being drawn to his number a lot because he was around the ball. Oh, fantastic. Well, the, again, thank you for that. <laughs> that's that's what we want to hear. Not that I had any doubt, but still. Um, let's see a couple other names then. Uh, Caleb Ham. I think that one just was notable to me just because I was kind of hoping that he would stick where his dad played. Like I, I really kind of want yeah, yeah. It was just when he posted that video of where his locker, when it was kind of right, right below his dad's head that yeah. I, Oh, that I wanted that to happen. So that, that was a tough one. Uh, Sean lemon, which um, from all accounts sounds like Matthew Betts has made another step and uh, it started to, to push guys off. Christian Rector, too, okay. uh, had a really good camp, especially when they moved him to the – he started inside. They moved him to the outside later in camp, and, and he really impressed the coaching staff. I know that. So uh, that's when you, you heard them talking about the other younger American defensive ends. That's the guy they're talking about in Christian Rector because uh, he really – he they felt he got better as camp went along every day. Oh, Mike likes that because we all know what we do with the name Rector, right? exactly i'm not i'm I'm also gonna go away with uh the we did lose some great names that could have stuck for great jokes long term uh i mean justin cates come on like we just had to have that guy on he should have been on the pr (laughs) just for his name like come on Uh, and uh and nick pickett because i mean who doesn't want a db with the name pickett come on uh be amazing so uh, a couple guys on to the pr that i want to talk about uh diego viamontes uh super fan uh i know that you've really been more connected with diego over the last bit so um I, i'm excited that he's he's there i, I kind of was hoping he'd be more active but uh, at least at least he's on the pr yeah i mean obviously not having gone to camp um i didn't get a chance to see him but then the videos i saw it looked like he was playing quite well um, we have five globals still on the roster, three on the PR mm-hmm. uh, because of the new practice roster rules. You can have 10 players on there and then three globals on top of that. But we have two globals on the active roster right now. So that's interesting to me. And one, of the, one of them offensive linemen, right, Nielsen? Yep. Yeah. And he could start too, which right. which mm-hmm. which I, I think I don't think we're think we're still waiting for the first global player to start a game, right? Okay. Right. We thought we had it in Diego in, in Regina at the end of the year last year, but it never happened. And I guess it depends on what happens in the first couple of games this year. But he could be if he starts, he could be the first one to start. Oh, yeah. that'd be kind of wild. Okay. And who's the other global that we still have on the team? I did uh, Tebow Dubai. Oh, right. Yes. Right. Uh, Defensive line. Yes, that's right. And that, that, that's the other interior lineman that played really well. Uh, beside Mike Moore, he got a couple of days with the first team uh, defense on the D line, and uh, he was noticeable as well. So, you know, in, in a year or in a yeah, you know, I guess a year and a half or so of of you know, it's hard to scout. All you have is film. You can't be there in person. It's hard to talk to people one on one. Brock Sunderland and his team did a great job of bringing some good young talent in, and uh, the the globals. You know, the global draft was significant for me because. I think the talent pool was better. 
I think the scouting was was better. And you look at the all four picks by the Elks and a lot of picks by a lot of teams. They're playing Division I NCAA, which shows you anyone who says this is a joke, well, scour the rosters if you have time. And it takes a while because there's 128 Division I <laughs> NCAA schools. But look how many international talent is on the, on the rosters. It's yeah, starting Steve, to really take hold. Steve Nielsen went to an NFL camp already. Like He's already right. been to an NFL camp before he's come to the, the Elks camp in the CFL. So he's a good prospect. There's no doubt about it. And, and to get elevated, to get a lot of the first-team reps during training camp, he's, he's a good player. Oh, that's fantastic. Awesome. Um, now, other guys on the PR you had mentioned in the scrimmage, uh, wide receiver Ernest Edwards, who uh, had turned ahead a little bit in that scrimmage. Um, Gangarosa, who was one of our uh, picks, um, now they're kind of back up in the offensive lineman national role. And uh, same thing with Elaine Pay, who um, I didn't hear much about during camp. Um, and he hit the PR, and I'm assuming because they are looking at things like with Kwaku and, and Betts and kind of where they're at, that that's kind of another insurance policy. Yeah, that's depth. That's clearly, clearly depth because, you know, Cole Nelson is still on active right now. Uh, we don't know where he's going to end up injured list or if he'll go to the PR perhaps but yeah I think because you have two starting Canadian uh, defensive ends uh, I think you've got to have a little bit of protection uh, and depth in behind them just in case something happens injury wise although if we end up having eight or nine starting Canadians you can replace them with an American that is yep. true yeah and another thing significant too is on active they could only have three American receivers I think Mike you and I talked about that we were right. messaging about that and so, but I would, I would imagine that's because they could have two to three running backs on the roster and that's how right. they would solve it. And they would have an extra Canadian receiver. So yeah, but it's, you know, it's always an interesting uh, game to play is the scenarios that could happen ratio wise. Another reason why they only have three Americans on the roster receivers is because the Canadian receivers were so good at training camp. I mean, mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, they like, Jones was, Jones has got speed to burn. He's, he's a proven guy. In the Canadian Football League, Shy Ross is just coming along with leaps and bounds. I'm, awesome. I'm really looking forward to watching him play this year. And, and uh, we don't know about Tavon Smith, who got back into practice on the weekend, but n- n- very limited. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be ready to go full bore or not come tomorrow when they go back to practice. But when he does, then they all of a sudden they get a decision to make, right? And and I don't know how that's going to fall. So we'll see. But but uh, the three Canadian receivers that are that are on the roster all have a chance to start. They all they're all re- had really good camps when they were on the field. Uh, Smith was hurt a lot, but I think he showed us in, in 2019 what he can do, and I think they're expecting big things from him once he gets healthy. Oh, and I predicted him to have a massive season, and I already put him in my fantasy lineup, so I hope that he is okay. <laughs> so I might be changing that, obviously, but still. Watch the end. I know it's so great. We have them. It's going to be fantastic. I'm not going to be last minute panicking in the the hour before the game. That always makes me. Uh, although I'll probably still be doing that, but still. Um, couple of signings that they made. Um, they extend Coach Thorpe for another year. Um, love the picture that they put out where he looks like he's so happy about it. It's fantastic. <laughs> like that was that was really good. It's full Noel Thorpe. Yep. That that's uh, all I'm just here to do my job people <laughs> just here to do my job <laughs> exactly uh, and then we signed uh, Dakota Prukop out of the Stampeders cuts um, and released Anderson for that space um, a guy with maybe a little more uh, CFL uh, history to kind of work with Trevor I would think yeah 41 Everything. games in the league so yeah. he's got experience he hasn't played a mm-hmm. lot in those 41 games but 
he, he knows the drill. He knows how it works. He knows how a film room uh, works, how a quarterback room works. He knows he knows players. He knows defenses. You know, so, yeah. Then behind Trevor, they don't have a lot of depth, right, Yeah. Uh, as far as experience goes. They like what they have, but they don't have a lot of experience there. So uh, it's, I think it's a pretty important signing in the uh, just-in-case department. Now, <laughs> and everything I've heard about <laughs> Dakota Prukop, he is a high-class individual, and he's, he's, he's going to be like what Logan Kilgore was to Trevor Harris in 2019 just someone that can come in like Morley said and see what Trevor sees or, or you know if he sees something that Trevor doesn't can be that kind of extra eyes and I don't think this is an indictment on Troy Williams who I think is far and away the the number two quarterback he had an excellent camp um, but I do think it you know it probably does knock Taylor Cornelius down to four and I think that's okay too you know uh, I think it's and also it, it just shows you I you know there's people that will message me and go oh they I don't like I don't I don't like this signing because what has he ever done? I go well. One, it just shows you there's not much out there, and two, he has as Morley said, 41 games. Yeah, now that's pretty. That at that at this stage, you're starting to understand the nuances of this league. So for me, I, I didn't mind it at all. Okay, and uh, now speaking of signings, um, McCarty is don't. a stamp, Peter. I have to turn my camera off. <laughs> I think we all have to turn our cameras off so we can barf. I don't get it. Like, uh, oh, I do. I do Kayla's get it. Look is, is uh, you know what? That's, this is that's, why that's it's now a video a video podcast. Yeah. Okay. You know. You know what? I I I I like the move for Calvin because he gets a chance yeah. to play, and, and obviously, yes. I think he he retired, but he retired because he wasn't getting offers, and he figured this is it. And then it's a perfect move for Calgary. Because they lost Charlie Power, yep. he yep. tore his Achilles, and they needed a guy, and they needed a guy who could step in. They needed a guy with experience. They needed a guy they could trust, and they needed a guy who was close. Yep. And Calvin fits all those categories, so I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, he gets to keep playing, and he gets to prolong his career a little bit. It's going to be a great, uh, great storyline for for Labor Day when we get there. So I'm excited <laughs> for that as well. So yeah, it's uh, you know, I mean. The Elks had moved on from him. I mean, yeah. they had not offered him a contract for 2020, and he wasn't going to be here in 2020 if they played. And so they'd moved on from him, which is hard to do. You know, no matter how long a guy's played for you and how important he is to the history of the franchise, you got to make that move sometimes. And, you know, we've, we've seen Brock Sundown not afraid to make those moves, <laughs> that's for sure, because yeah. we've, we've seen that with, you know, uh, Darius Bowman, um, with Odell Willis, with Mike Riley, although that was more Riley's choice, well, it was all Riley's yeah. choice. So, um, you know, so, yeah, you got to make those decisions on players sometimes. And, and the fans don't like it and often complain about it, but you got to make those decisions. You got those are tough decisions to make, and, and you got to make them. If you don't make them at the right time, then the fans get on you because you're hanging on to this guy too long, right? So yeah, uh, we'll see. It's it. I think it's a good situation for both sides. Like the Stampeders get what they need, and in, in the short term, and Calvin gets to keep playing, which is looks like that's what he wanted to do. And from what I understand, Stamps reach out to him. Yeah, he. I, I think they initiated the whole thing because of the injury to to Charlie Power. Well, and I think in the long run, I mean, Calvin hasn't been on the winning end of a lot of Labor Day games, and I hope that continues. That's really. I mean, I love Calvin, <laughs> but come on, maybe that's the trick. Yeah. I anyway, I don't know. Um, okay, so let's very quickly then um, go over are what we feel like the starting offense and defense is going to look like because again not being having been in practice like we're not sure so um 
on so let's start with the offensive line. Um, I I know we've we've talked about Servi probably maybe not being available in that first week, but if he isn't, then who do you think is taking that left tackle spot? Long <laughs> pause. <laughs> That's a great question. I, I think there's I, there's a wheel you can spin for both tackles. Yep. Oh, if those okay, can okay. Right, and and I, I mean, uh, it's somewhere in, Justin Renfrew is going to be in the mix somewhere. Okay. Um, you know, he's he's the obvious guy with the experience, and they know what they're getting from him a little bit. But as I mentioned, Wesley's looked pretty good, and uh, Demery has has looked pretty good. Although he's a little bit younger, Wesley's got a little bit more of a, a resume than him. So you know, those are those the guys who I think, in some shape or form, those three guys will will be in there because. And Nielsen too, okay, um, is, is the other guy. So I think it's a spin inside. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, inside there's not there's not many teams that have as good as good a inside Canadian guys right there. I mean, right across uh, uh, with Ruby uh, Beard and O'Donnell. That's a, that's a pretty good trail right there. All right, I would uh, I would say Nielsen if if Saxlid and Sir Vincent Rogers can't play, especially Saxlid, I think Nielsen's a lock for right tackle. Okay. I really believe that. Okay. The left side is a debate for sure. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Uh, well, we all know who the quarterback is, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, and we know that Wilder is going to be starting um, as yes. the running back. Um, my starting receiving core now it might be different because you were saying you know Tavon we're not sure where he's going to be at we'll find out more tomorrow but I had Walker Ellingson Aronte Edwards Tavon Smith and Mike Jones um oh. so yeah. <laughs> thank you Mike <laughs> extra points for you that's good Podsky Wee Wee gives you a virtual high five that was good yeah um what uh do you guys see that the same or who do you see slotting in for Smith if he's not ready or okay yeah. So Shai if, Ross if, will be in for Smith if he's not yeah. ready. In my, in He'll, my be yeah, He'll be the yeah, fifth. He'll be the fifth. Yeah, you had it right. And the okay. only the only thing that can change is Shai Ross coming in for Smith if he's not ready to go. Okay. Yeah. And if Shai Ross comes in when he scores a touchdown, are they going to put a glass of milk and an Oreo out for him? I'm curious. Would the CFL protocols allow for that? That would be amazing. Could you imagine? I don't That'd know. be awesome. It yeah. Uh, he does. He did do the flip when he scored a touchdown in college. So okay. uh, if he does, if he scores a touchdown, I'd imagine we'll see a flip. Ooh. Yeah. But I don't know if there'll be a cookie and milk. In <laughs> Maybe just the motion. It'll be there. Like it's, it was kind of yeah. there, but not. Yeah, exactly. The dunk. The, the, nice. Um, what would you guys say is then the, the keys to success on this offense? Protecting Trevor. Just give him time. He doesn't need a lot of time. If you mm-hmm. give him the time, mm-hmm. I mean, with the weapons he's got, if he gets three or four seconds to work on every snap, he'll be deadly. I mean, uh, I I just uh, I was talking to Mike Jones this week or last week, and he was just talking about the ball that Trevor Harris throws. It's always on target. It's always where you need it. It's always when you need it. And it's because he gets the time. And I think if he gets the time from the O-line, he'll make plays with these guys because he's got a lot of game breakers, a lot of really good weapons on offense this year. Uh, Greg Ellingson and Darrell Walker working together. I mean, you can only double-team one of them, right? Yep. So... That means one of them's got a single team, and that means one of them's going to get free probably. So, uh, I, I I think sky's the limit for this offense. I'm really excited to see it work. Okay, awesome. And you now you guys talked about the defense. What um, I, I'll run through what I have, and you tell me where I'm making a mistake. Uh, I've got Quaku, Serezna, Moore, and Betts on the defensive line starting. 
Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. That's amazing to have two Canadian starting DNs. Mike, have we ever done it that? Is. Like, y- you would know. <laughs> I mean, way back. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, but it's been a long time. Yeah. That'd be just super crazy. Uh, then, okay. Then we have uh, Biera, Morgan, and Walker at linebacker, which we already talked about. Um, Correct. And yep. then now I had Rose Grimes. Hutter, Gabriel, and Mincy in the secondary. Is that how they have it lining nope. up, or am I missing something? You, one name you have to change out is uh, is Gabriel. Uh, it'll be Tremaine Washington at the, okay. at the, at the boundary half. Um, Hutter, if Gabriel can't go, I would imagine he'll be the starting safety if Gabriel can. Uh, then, well, that's a debate. You know, okay. I mean, I think Hutter played well, so well over three weeks. And maybe you reward him and give him that that game. Hunter really, uh, I, I think Dave, you know, he really took advantage of the situation he got. I mean, uh, uh, there was a couple of injuries in front of him. Uh, Jordan Hoover and and, and uh, Gabriel got hurt, and Hunter got a chance to play, and he wowed everybody. I mean, he earned that job, and I think it's pretty tough to take it away from him right now without giving him a chance to start a game. Wow. Okay, that's fantastic. So. Would we say then on this, I know Dave, you're already saying the defense looks amazing, but would you say other than the question marks as far as rookies playing in linebacker positions, is is that really the most questionable part of this defense then? Well, I would think so because, you know, you look at the quarterback they're going to face in week one, it's Matt Nichols, who's who's a veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Paul Apolise, who's a veteran play caller, he, uh, in addition to being the head coach. Then the next week, you got Kahari Jones coming to town, and you have the Montreal Alouettes led by Vernon Adams, uh, two dynamic offensive minds, and, and, and Vernon Adams is a great player. Um, so it'll be a test, right? Because, you know, we'll see how they can handle, how Barrera can handle the checks. Mm-hmm. Because when you're a middle linebacker, you're the one getting the call. From Noel Thorpe, you have to relay it. You have to understand what you're seeing. You have to line everyone up. And that's the same thing with Scott Hutter. He's got to do the same thing back there because he's he's the last line of defense as a safety. He sees everything. And for Niles Morgan, he's got to understand, you know, where where his depth is when he's dropping. He's got to understand, uh, you know, where where the extra man is going uh, as well. Uh, and, you know, it's it's hard when you're on that outside linebacker spot because you're not just you know a linebacker you're a cover linebacker too yeah. you know because you got what they call the nickel which is the built-in defensive back at the sam spot that's brian walker then you have the dime which is the the outside linebacker at the will spot so you you basically have seven defense or, you know you have seven defensive backs in the field then you have your middle linebacker but what Niles Morgan has to understand is when he's a true linebacker and when he's a cover linebacker. Okay. That's the biggest test for him. So that's what I'm looking forward to see. Can Biera understand what he's calling, what the call is? Can he get it out quickly enough? Can he get everyone lined up? Hutter the same, and then can Morgan understand what he is in, in a certain play? Wow. That, okay. That sounds amazing to me. Um, Commissioner, we haven't heard much from you. We just went over the entire, what we thought would be the starting roster. Is there anybody that you're like, wow, I, I can't wait to see that person? Or is there somebody that you're like, oh, I'm not sure? Like, I, I need a notepad right now. I should have like, brought my notepad and wrote all this stuff down for tips. Like, holy crap. There's a bunch of names that I don't really quite recognize yet. 
Um, what was the? I can't even remember. Not Boulay. Um, oh. The other B that you were just Beaulieu? talking about. Beer. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Beaulieu? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Beer, so is the middle side backer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. But no, not not. I'm just like in awe of like everything you guys know. <laughs> like, I know you know a lot, but I seriously should have brought my notepad and like. I'm just a fan. Like I just love the game. <laughs> I next next show. I expect you to be sitting in the corner, like right frantically oh, writing everything is. down. Yeah. <laughs> This is what I learned from David Morley. Here we go. I got all of these notes. Yeah, it'd be great. We'll hire a stenographer. Yeah, I'll put it in my Palm yeah. Pilot. Ah, uh-huh. oh god, that's horrible. Okay, what's a Palm Pilot? Yeah, come on, you all laughed. It was funny. Put it in my Blackberry. <laughs> what did you say, Mike? I said that's what they called Andrew in high school. Yeah, that's horrible. Title of the podcast. Okay, um, so let's let's go off. Um, Boys, we being that we couldn't see training camp, if you had one guy that was brand new to the, because we usually have a Jimmy Gaines award winner, um, which is the guy, the new, the newest, or the guy that's brand new to the team that we have never seen before that stood out the most during training camp. If you had one guy to pick, who would it be? Okay, I want to do my Paul. Paul. Nice. Reckner impression. Jimmy Gaines. <laughs> nice. Hello, <laughs> yeah. It's very nice. <laughs> I forgot about that. Perfect timing. Uh, my pick would be, oh boy, there's so many. Can you have three? <laughs> Can you have three? No, we have to pick one. That's the deal. Gold, James silver, Wilder. and bronze. Yeah. In honor James of the Wilder. Olympics Well, right Dave's now. thinking I'm saying James Wilder Jr. Just, I just enjoyed watching him play so much. <sighs> and I'm so excited to see him play. Uh, and uh, he's he's a breath of fresh air. He's you know he's he seems like he's having a lot of fun. Guys around him are having fun. Uh, he's already. I love how he's engaging with the community on social media. Uh, he just seems to be a guy that that people gravitate to a little bit. And I'm and and he looked good in the scrimmage. He's looked good through the practices. So uh, he's the guy I'm picking. Okay, Dave, Hi. got I one just, yet, Dave? You're only picking another one. Wow. <laughs> That that was a really good pick. Like I'm just way to go, Morley. Way to go, partner. That's great. You're in <laughs> you're in mid season form. <laughs> you took the big pie out of the oven there, nice. buddy. All right, right on. <laughs> uh, can he get all the catchphrases oh, in mentioned... one thing? Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Need it. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, I gotta say it's, it is Niles Morgan. Okay. I mean to rep okay. at two spots. And to knock off the the reigning most outstanding rookie for your team. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Okay, I'm going to be like Brian Hall and go on a tangent quickly. I'll try and come back as quick as I can. <laughs> Here's the thing when you're a starter in this league. If, if the backup is about here or maybe just a bit above you as a starter, you are in danger of getting cut because – it is easier and it's it's also cost effective mm-hmm. to pick the backup who is just as good or better than the than the starter. Wally Buono did it all the time mm-hmm. and was labeled a jerk sometimes for doing it. But that's that's just the way it, it, it works. It, it you know, if if you're if you're as the backup just on the same level or just a bit higher than as the veteran, you are a in danger of getting cut. And I think that's what happened with Vontae Diggs. That's what happened with Sean Lemon. That's what happened with Kevin Brown. 
but I got to give it to Niles Morgan. He repped at middle linebacker and at will linebacker, and he won a job. Fantastic. That That is awesome. Now, we did have some fan questions um, that I'll just get to quickly here. Um, Jay was asking, uh, who is your pick from camp that you believe will really make an identity for himself in the organization, not just this season, but seasons to come? Hmm. It's wow. kind of like the last question, honestly, because that's kind of yeah. what we give. So I can see that's a hard one too, because you just don't know the arc of a certain player, right? right? Is he Duke Williams? Where you know two seasons by, right? That's true. You know, or is he someone that's going to be, you know, around for a while? Who's the next Calvin McCarty? Who's here forever? That everybody loves him, right? Yeah, yeah. You know that that guy could be Shy Ross. Okay. Yeah, that uh, could, could be, be him. Okay, yeah. that that's a good pick. That's that's fantastic. Um, Jerry was asking, asking, wonder if you could offer a bit of insight on Dante Brown and how he looked compared to White and O'Neill, because obviously White and O'Neill are are kickers, but uh, but we did have Dante He's Brown the there, yeah, and he was on the PR. I'll be honest, I saw him out there. Okay. But I, you know, I didn't keep track of any stats or anything, but I mean, he was out there, he showed up and he's still here. So obviously he, he played well enough to, and, and was effective enough that they want to keep him. He's, he's clearly a guy they want to groom a little bit. And, and that's why he's on the practice roster. I mean, honest, Sean White and Hugh O'Neill, they're closer to the end than they are the beginning of their careers. And, and I think this team for a while hasn't had, I think the last guy they had that they were grooming was, Probably Derek Schiavone Probably. back in the yeah. day, um, and and I think that's what they want to do with this guy and and have have somebody ready to to step in for one or maybe both of them at some point. And I know he was doing punts and he was doing field goals as well um, throughout training camp. So uh, so we'll see. But uh, he's still here, so obviously he had an effective camp and and he got accomplished what he needed to get accomplished. Fantastic. Uh, okay, and then the one other question. Now I had this one for you. Is that the team looks amazing on paper. Like uh, you talked about the offense and how exciting it looks and how it could just, you know, explode and have a ton of things. Um, I'm just, do you get any sense at all that this could be a little bit like BC in 2019 where they brought a bunch of guys in and everybody's like, wow, they got Michael Riley and they got all these guys and they're going to be finished first and second. And then of course we all know how that kind of, ended up uh, just because they just couldn't gel or, or play properly together. Um, do, do you think this is the real deal or do you think this is um, it, like, it's, it's good on paper and we're going to, it will, it'll be different once the game start. Yeah. I feel they have a chance to be really special. I, I don't compare them to the lions because they spent so much money on Michael Riley yeah. who made, you know, 15% of their cap and then they spent money on their O line and then they had no money elsewhere. Fair. You know, so that so Brian Burden was excellent. Uh, Lamar Duran had a good had a good camp. Their defense was atrocious. Um, you know, I don't see this being the case. And the thing with the pandemic, it, it forced every team in the league to roll back a bit, right? Or a lot, actually. Like we're talking like half million dollars or more mm-hmm. of of salary that had to be shaved. I see this offense being balanced. You have Darrell Walker who can do it all. Amante Edwards is the tactician in zone defense. Uh, Greg Ellingson is a, you know, he, he didn't look 
all that slow to me. I mean, you wonder <laughs> after a, a year off, did he, you know, does that, you know, put rust on him or does that put more money in the bank? And I think it, it's the opposite. I think we have to be patient with this offense because what we saw in week three, the defense flew around big time. I'm talking about the ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they frustrated the heck out of Jamie Elizondo and Trevor Harris, and and the and one thing that Jamie Elizondo is doing now is if you mess up a rep, you don't get it back, you lose it. Okay. okay. And Matt O'Donnell was talking about this on Friday of last week, and he says, "I love it." Now Trevor Harris had a different opinion. It's like I want the rep back. I want to get it right because quarterbacks are perfectionists. But it shows you in a game if you lose a rep, you don't get it back. All right. And there's a little bit of a work in progress with this offense, but man, I cannot imagine they won't get it together. And when they do, um, I think this could be a real dangerous team. And I think what helps out of the gate here is their ability to run the football well. They can run the football really, really well, and they did it against a pretty stout D-line all through camp. Ooh, fantastic. Do you feel the same? Two things. Two things on that. Uh, BC in 2019, they spent a lot of money on the O-line, but it wasn't very good. Right. And Mike Riley, Michael Riley was sacked a thousand times. <laughs> and so that's why – that's the main reason why they weren't any good, in my opinion, is that they had, at the time, the best quarterback in the league or one of the top two, and they couldn't give him the time to do any work. So that's that. Uh, I don't think the Elks are in that position because I think their O line is going to be is going to be pretty good, especially when they get guys back in in a week, two, three, four, whenever it is. Uh, the second thing is, as the old wise old man said, they play the game on the field, not on paper, right? So <laughs> right. they do look good on paper, but you got to transfer it to the field, and that's that's going to be the difficult part. But they do look really good on paper for sure, especially the offense. The defense obviously has some question marks at the linebacker spot because we don't know how those guys are going to play when the lights come on. But, I mean, solid D-line, a lot of good veteran presence in the defensive backfield. Questions about the linebacking core, but the offense looks pretty solid. I mean, you got top quality players at every position at, you know, receiver, running back, quarterback on the O-line. You got top quality guys right across the board on offense. So I think you can expect and, – and the offense – I think offenses are going to take a little bit longer to get going. It's always the case. Defense is ahead of offense early in the season. And I think this year they might be ahead of the offense a little bit longer than in years past just because of, of the rust situation from, from the last season. So we'll see. But they do look pretty good to me. And I was flabbergasted when I saw those odds come out that I think it was Bodog had them at five yeah. wins for, for over-under. And I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. That's an easy over. Put your money on the Elks. Yeah. yeah, Didn't didn't Ellingson say put all your money on the Elks? Isn't that what he said? Yeah. (laughs) We probably have uh, green and gold color glasses, right? Right. But still, uh, and it's the only team we've seen this year. So, uh, but of all the teams I've seen this year, they do look the best. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. I want to uh, take just a, a brief uh, break from from some of the news parts because I, I know, Mike, you had some Horde stuff that you wanted to talk to us about, but I was just about to take a drink, and that's what kind of reminded me. We need to do Horde stuff <laughs> because, Superfan, uh, this was my housewarming gift, which this is friggin' awesome. So on the front, we've got the Turf District, and on the back, we got all of our names. Just so freaking cool. So, so thank you, super fan. That was my bit of horde. But yeah, do you uh, do you want to do your horde part, and then we'll get back into talking about this week? 
Oh, I just got a few new things in this week. Um, a few, just a few really, little things. Yeah, uh, absolutely thrilled. Um, a lot of people know I collect the team photos. Uh, I've got team photos going back to uh, actually the 19th century. Um, but for the latest incarnation from 49 on, I have every one from 1950. There wasn't one in 49 to present except two, and that was 63 and 69. And uh, yeah, I got the 1969 one. So, oh man, that is amazing. That. Yeah. Wasn't a great team. Uh, it was a fantastic year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think uh, I think there um, somebody was born that year. I believe that I know well. Oh, yes, I mean, it's Man on the Moon, Woodstock, and me. I mean, what more do you need? <laughs> That's it. Um, and it was sixty nine. <laughs> okay, carry on. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I got that. So that means I only need nineteen sixty three for all my team photos. Um, it's telling me actually that Brian Adams had it all right all the way along. That it really was exactly. that. That was the best summer. Yes. Okay. That's right. And then I got this as well, so I don't know if you can sort of make that out. Just barely. Early 60s team lighter. Oh, (laughs) wow. You're right. I was never going to guess that. (laughs) (laughs) I need that for the rocket. Yeah, for sure. They actually had uh, had two different ones. They had a white one and this uh, gold one, Uh, and they're incredibly hard to find. Um, and, uh, I got them both from the same guy. So I was pretty thrilled with that day. So, oh man, yeah. that, that is, nice new that, that is so awesome. That was, <laughs> I was, I was very happy that you had new ones to show and that was, that was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, let's let's bring us all back in here to uh, a couple of quick news items before we talk about this week. Jonathan Rose getting the inaugural Joey Moss Award for Resilience. Yes. Love that it's a belt. I I thought that was. So awesome. Really, really cool to see that. And uh, and a great new tradition to start. Um, and from everything I'm hearing, Jonathan Rose, uh, not only happy to get it, but a deserving winner. Yeah, I loved what he said. Like, uh, what he said when he got it, because, you know, he, he, as he said, I'd never met Joey, but everybody, everything I've heard about him sounds like a tremendous person to be around. And, and he was right. So, yeah, he, uh, he handled it very well. The belt looks pretty cool. That's for sure. I like I like the look of it. Joey would be very pleased with that, I think. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> which is which is awesome. Um, and uh, then the other thing was uh, the new restrictions at Commonwealth. So um, the clear bags, um, they're suggested masking. Um, they're asking to stay off the concourse as much as possible. Um, the only thing I want to repeat again, just in case they're listening, is food delivery to your seat. That would be amazing. And all of yes. us would buy in for just that. Anyway, um, anybody have, like, I know, Kayla, any any thoughts on those? Anything that jumped out that was like, oh, my God, or was like, oh, that's a great idea? i totally fine with the bag during summer because you don't want to carry much anyway. But in the winter, I'm sorry. I need my blankets. I need my extra gloves. I need a backpack. I can't just bring a little baggie. Like, <laughs> no. Or I, families. I Sorry? People with little kids is going to be the same yeah, thing. Yeah, like you, you need more than just like their little, how big was it? Like some, something like a, 12, a, yeah. a court, like Ziploc bag. I'm like, yes, why don't I just like put some straps on it and wear it like a purse? Like, <laughs> woohoo. So, I mean, I, I totally get it. Totally get it. Yeah. But it's also really frustrating because now I have to go purchase something else or bring in a Ziploc bag and like, for a lady, sometimes you need to hide some personal items. So that's a little bit of a... Mm. Like a flask? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. 
Let's see how the season's going before we say that for sure. Yeah, that's iced tea in it. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. It's Long Island, but it's still iced tea. Like, well, I don't know. What the, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Just hoping they reconsider it, like when it gets cooler out. And yeah, like my families and stuff. Like, I mean, I like I said, I get where they're coming from, but in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't make a lot of sense, especially when it starts to cool down. And I mean, people go, well, you could just carry it. Well, yeah, you can. But when you have kids, you only have so many hands. I I see a whole bunch of people and especially kids walking into the stadium looking like Joey from Friends when he had like every piece of clothing on and they're trying to walk through the door like that's it. it, You're going to have everything on as you walk in. Right. I think that's that that's the trade off maybe. But uh, I think I think people will find a system though. Right. They'll I mean, this has been in place in the NFL for for the last several years. Right. So I think people will find a way to do it. And and I mean. You got to be just on the lookout for those clear plastic backpacks, right? Right. Do they exist? I don't know. Yeah. Supposedly they do yeah. on Amazon. I've seen them on Amazon, but I don't know exactly what the size is. Yeah, but it is and, a clear it's a, backpack. It's yeah. kind of a safety issue too, right? That's that's why they're doing it so that uh, you know people don't have to. Nobody wants anybody touching anything of yours yeah. in this day and age, right? right? So now they don't have to go through your bag and move things and put their hands in it or reach in with the drumsticks and stuff like that, right? So it's a safety issue, and and it's just it's the world we live in now, and I don't think you know, it's not going to change. So we yeah. just got well, to find a way. To be honest, they never really check my bag anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they can they look just, right like, through. Looked inside, they're like good to go. <laughs> good to go. <laughs> yeah, you're good. All right, perfect. Okay. Um, uh, Leanne had a fan question. Um, but Dave Morley, which of the first, who's going to be the first to drop a tear as you uh, start the call? Me. I was both you're going to say me, but Dave will be crying and I'll be telling him to suck it up. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to listen to the call. <laughs> Yeah. I'll have uh, yeah. I'll have, we'll we'll uh, listening to the. I'll be listening to that feed just to see how that goes. That'll be fantastic. Um, super fan. Uh, I I I don't know. I think it'll be a tie between you and I because we probably yeah won't, won't take much right. Yeah. So um, once the team runs out of that uh, onto the stadium. Oh, okay, yeah. Actually, you'll probably beat me then. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, there be some Kleenex in those clear plastic bags. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lots of it. Lots of. You no, know, I wonder what it will feel like. And I got a feeling. I remember the 2015 West Final. How magical and euphoric, and how just her joy it was. And I think that's what Saturday could very well feel like as well. And I got a feeling that's where it's trending. I mean, I oh. See, it's almost happening here. There you go. There you go. Okay, so Dave wins that one, Leanne. That's perfect. Yeah, okay. That's excellent. Uh, So, yes, we have real football this week. Uh, We take on Ottawa. Um, Keys to the game. Um, Superfan, let's start with you, and we'll go around the room. What what are the keys to the game to to get this win over Ottawa? Uh, Well, we've got a less mobile quarterback in Matt Nichols, but uh, we have a really crafty uh, head coach and offensive coordinator. So, uh, I think it's going to be the the middle of the field. That's going to be an area I think they'll probably try to attack with a couple of rookies there. And just like Dave said earlier, make sure they know their assignments and they, they execute well. And I think that'll help a lot. Okay. Dave, I'm just going to go around as I see you on the on the YouTubes here. Well, look, look at all these blank pages I have here right now. <laughs> you know, 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, that might be the first time that having the uh, actually a video podcast was awesome as a guest because it's oh, always good for Kayla, up. but that's great. Yeah, Damn it, I have to clean it up. No, yeah, I got anyway. That. And my kids are in bed; they can't. I can't make them do it. Okay. Um, I, I think honestly, on offense, it's just you know, it's it's back to the same old story. I mean, when you haven't been together as a unit for a while you know, it, it can be a little ugly at the start. So I think be patient. I think the most important thing is don't turn the ball over. Uh, mo- you know, manage the penalty situation well, like the pre-snap penalties, the, you know, the penalties after the whistle, just let's let's kind of manage all that. And I, I, think, I think we're just going to have to be a bit patient with this offense. But if they can just kind of weather the storm of their rust and just, you know, play – efficiently enough in the first half, especially that, you know, they don't make too many mistakes. I think, you know, by the time they get to that second half, uh, we could see some really good things. Awesome. Morley? Uh, my favorite key to the game to me is it doesn't matter how you play. If you can do one thing, you can keep it close. Not necessarily win, but keep it close, if, even if you play poorly for the most part everywhere else. It's win the battle on the line of scrimmage both ways. If you can... If, you can, if your offensive line can protect and your defensive line can get to the quarterback, you're going to be in the game, plain and simple. So Fair. A week a week out, that's what I'm going to go at first. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair, yeah. Uh, commissioner. When they still have to make several roster moves, <laughs> I'm going to go with that okay. a week out. That's a, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. Uh, it's hard, again, like Dave's – I mean, we haven't seen anything for 651 days, so who the heck well, knows? Well, here's the thing, yeah. too. Like, yeah. it, when, when you're preparing for the Red Blacks – you basically have to look at old Winnipeg Blue Bomber film and old Edmonton film, right? For defense, yeah. Like, well, just, you can't look at Ottawa from 2019. It's not all that relevant anymore. Uh, that's fair. Now, is it fair to say though, because of the the number of retirements, the way that their roster has kind of come together as it is at this moment in Ottawa? Um, it it might be kind of nice that we get them first because I don't know how organized they're going to be as well like i think their defense will be good i what you wish for i'm not yeah i i I think their defense will be good i just not sure on the offensive side how good they'll be too so i think that that gives us a little bit uh of of an advantage where we're not like i'm glad we're not having montreal week one i can tell you that because that's a that's a different offense that have had more guys together for longer so um Mm -hmm. so i i think there's a little bit of a benefit in there so um commissioner i i said your name and then i cut you off so sorry what uh what what would you say keys to the game uh like me shake off that rust yeah (laughs) (laughs) Do, do you think they should all bring notepads I got one. Excellent. Perfect. I fished one out. Okay, good. Okay, Okay, good. I feel better now. (laughs) Like, kind of like going off of what Dave said is, I think just building the, like shaking off that rust, being patient, and really building that confidence, more so focusing on your end of the side, not so much, again, what Morley said with the W, but focus on what you're doing as a team. Try to be cohesive, come together as a unit, shake off that rust, and, you know, have those high expectations and just try to meet them, but also doing it together as a team and, and building that trust between, you know, the office and the, and the defense and special teams and the coaches, like everywhere you got to shake off the rest 
and you just got to build that confidence and play together as a team. And whether that happens in the first, second, third, fourth quarter of the whole game, just make sure it happens somewhere in that game, hopefully, you know, progressively <laughs> and not, <laughs> you know, going the other way. But yeah, that, that would be my, just play the game and play together and see what you got. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Well, I'll, get, I'll let you get, all have a moment to prep for your pickums because we haven't done pickums oh. in forever. And I'm so excited to do pickums for a week, so even though we don't know anything that's going to happen. It's like the greatest fun pickum to make. Uh, while you guys uh, get prepared for that, I will do this. This episode is also brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta. They offer internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Park Power is owned by Chris Kozowski, who has a growing and well-deserved reputation for being a guy who cares. If you're in the Edmonton area, you may have seen him around town in his signature bow tie, supporting local causes and boosting local businesses. He walks that talk with his business. It's why Park Power shares its profits with local charities. As a new customer, you can choose a community partner to receive 10% of the proceeds from your electricity bill, like the CKUA network radio network. Uh, visit parkpower.ca slash CKUA to find out more all right so let's get back and we get to do some pickums oh, exciting so exciting uh so first game thursday night gray cup rematch hamilton versus winnipeg it's in winnipeg uh we will start i'm gonna go the opposite way this time so commissioner i get to start with you who do you got in that game I'm so pumped to say this again. Okay. Poor Mazzoli. I'm going Hamilton. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Uh, Morley, who you got? Hamilton. Okay. Any specific reason? Other than uh, Holy and- Mazzoli? No. <laughs> Andrew Harris isn't playing. Um, uh, for one thing, um, Darvin Adams might not be playing. And I think that Jeremiah Mazzoli is pretty ready to go. And, and he'll be looking to uh, cement the decision that was made to start him. Uh, and I just think Hamilton will be a pretty good team this year. Awesome. Uh, Dave, who you got? I'm going with the continuity, and that's with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. All right. Super fan, Mike. Yeah, no Harris, uh, no win this week, so I'm going Hamilton. Perfect. I went Hamilton as well, so a sweep right across the sweep. board there. All right. Next one, BC versus Saskatchewan. This one in the land of the rectangle. Morley, who do you got? Uh, BC. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Wow. BC. All right, then. Why are you picking BC? Michael Riley. All right. That's a good I reason. Think he, uh, he wants to erase 2019, and I think he will. Okay. Sounds good. Dave? I will pick the Riders. Okay. I will pick uh, a yeah. I just I just really like their roster. I'm concerned about their offensive line, to be honest, because they've mm-hmm. it, it was it looked good at the start of the season. Now it doesn't look so good, but it's all on paper. Um, Michael Riley also ended up on the injury report with the yep. mm-hmm. elbow, elbow and limited. But I I think we know Michael enough that he's going to you know, baby and injury as much as possible and, and rest and he'll be ready to go. But I'll I'll pick the uh the home field advantage and go with the riders. All right. Super fan. Oh yeah. I'm I'm definitely as much as I hate to do it, going with the rectangle. Um with Riley <laughs> injured, 
Uh, they're saying that you know it's sort of day to day, but they're going to underplay that. I think um, that O line also has to adjust as well to keep him upright. And if it's anything like it was in 2019, he's going to be picking you know pellets out of his, his face mask for a while. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, I'm also picking the Riders solely because it's at home and the energy of that crowd is going to be nuts. Yeah. Um, and they are saying it's sold out. How many people are actually at the game, I guess we will see. But it, it I think that there is some energy there for that home team. Commissioner? Oh yeah, the pills is winning. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I that's a that's a great way to find disappointment in your own pick. That's good. Uh, <laughs> Toronto versus Calgary. This one happening down in Cowtown. Dave, you get the first pick on this one. Toronto's a very interesting team. Absolutely, you know, I think they they got a lot of veteran talent. Oh man, Calgary. Uh, I, you know, you just. You just look at them and you go, yeah, they're they're missing some some punch. I feel like, but it's Calgary. Yeah, but you know, I'm going to pick the upset and I'm going to go to the Argos. Ooh, fancy! All right, super fan. Uh, I'm going to go with Calgary. I'm not entirely sold on Dinwiddie yet. I mean, he hasn't really shown anything as a head coach. It's his first time. Um, so I, I don't know if it's going to gel yet. I think they're going to get better as the season goes on, but right off the start, uh, I, I got to sadly go with Calgary. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be interesting because there's so many Calgary guys on that Toronto team that are going to want to prove a point, um, that I almost picked Toronto, but I think it's going to be like that last minute field goal or something. And I'm going to give it to Calgary just to at home starting out. That's, that's kind of my only reasoning for it. Commissioner. I'm I'm going with Dave on this one. I'm going for the upset. Ooh. I'm going with Argos. <laughs> I and hope mainly you're right. because I, yeah, well, I always pick Calgary last time to win, and I feel like I should just do the opposite this year. You know, <laughs> throw, throw a wrench in the mix. I'll probably be wrong, but I'm going for the Argos. Commissioner opposite. It's going to be uh, awesome from picking Might this well year. Try it. Yeah. Might as well try it. Who? Yeah. I mean, they're not playing us, but whatever. That's right. Who the heck knows? Uh, Morley, who you got in that one? Uh, I gotta start picking some home teams, I think. So I'm gonna go with Calgary on this one. They're still, they're Calgary, right? So, yeah. Uh, and Toronto's still Toronto. I'm not, I'm not sold. You can take all those players and make all the, that amount of changes and have success out of the gate. They may be successful later, but they're, right. I think they're gonna be. It's gonna be tough to mold that team moving in the first, in the early weeks, anyway. That's this could be the worst game of the week too. Like this could it be could the be. old NFL nine six game. Like th- th- this, this, this could be a dog's <laughs> breakfast. It really could. I just have that feeling. The best could, part this is could though, be the worst game of the week. And the only good part of that is that it's going to be the game right before ours, and then ours is going to be amazing. <laughs> so it'll be like watch this dud, and then sure. watch how great this one is. Yeah, um, I'm trying to be very positive. It's good. Uh, now we need a prop bet for um, the oh. Elks game because, of course, we never pick against the Elks. Why would we? Uh, and this Got week, really, ideas. why wouldn't we? But uh, I was going to ask you, Mike, if you would pick the prop bet this week because oh, you never got turn. a chance in the last past years. We That's usually just throw it to our says. guest, but uh, I've got one. Okay, how many how many carries out of the running back position? How many carries out of the running back for the entire game? For the entire game. Uh, hmm. Like, are they going to give them a lot of carries? Okay, so uh, I'll put the – let me put the over-under then at – let's see. Why don't we put the over-under at 18? Like 18 and a half? Yeah, 18 and a half. Yeah, 18 and a half. So um, 
What? Uh, so we'll go over and under from there. So I'll go in opposite because I picked you first, Mike. So Dave, um, 18 and a half carries over or under for the Elks in over. this game. Okay. Over. Okay. <laughs> over, 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 over. Wow. I wonder what we'll all pick then. Maybe I said a bad line. Take okay. my money. All right. Morley? I'm going to go under on carries, but over on touches. Ooh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Well, it's not the bet, Morley. <laughs> well, the I said over. I said under on touches. Correct. I mean, under on carries, yes. but over on touches. Okay. Perfect. All Commissioner? Right, oh, over. Okay. I think they're going to really crank out Wilder. Okay. Super fan? Uh, I'm going to go over as well. I think, especially in the fourth quarter, we're going to see a lot of uh, pounding that rock. Excellent. Okay. And uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say, go the same way as Morley, and I'm going to say the under, that there's a little more uh, air maybe coming out of the backfield, uh, but not specifically running. So, uh, but that'll be, uh, that's a, that's an interesting, that's a good way to start, super fan. Why am I not surprised you picked a running one? Actually, I should have known to. that. I should have known that. I want to see what the identity of this team is. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Well, before we get to uh, the night before football, um, guys, thank you so much for joining us and doing the season preview. You know, we love having you on and uh, it's always awesome when you're here. And this year, it means even more because it means that football is back. And uh, we I, I can't wait till we can have you guys here um, in the Turf District when we're talking about our year end um, show and how uh, amazing the team did. But uh, tell everyone where they can find you and uh, and listen to your amazing calls every week of the Elks game. So let's start with you, Morley. Uh, at Morley underscore Scott. And I think it's the, that's on Twitter. I think it's the same on Instagram. And you know the rules about Facebook. I do. So. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, and, uh, of course, you can hear all the games. Uh, six, you can hear me in the mornings on 630 Ched at the, uh, at the Crystal Glass Sports Desk. And, uh, of course, football starts uh, on Saturday. And we got the pregame show. We got the game. We got the postgame show right here on 630 Ched for you. Fantastic. And Mr. Dave Campbell? Twitter is uh, Dave underscore Ched. The uh, Instagram is Dave underscore Campbell 630. And, of course, Morley mentioned you, how you can listen to us uh, for games. Uh, I am on the Global News Radio Sports Desk uh, every afternoon, most afternoons. And I'm producing. I'm the producer of Reed Wilkins' Inside Sports Show from 6 to 8, which is scintillating. Yes. And uh, and uh, actually, I'm hosting the show tomorrow night. So Ooh, listen. fancy. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's, uh, that's, how you can, that's how you can listen to us. Oh. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, Superfan, where does everybody find you? They can find me at 56 Parkies. That's pretty much on all the social media channels. Uh, and then the history segment is the at EDM history. That's H-I-S-T-O-R-E-E. Awesome. And Commissioner... You can find me on Twitter at Duchess Lombardi. And we have actually found you there a little more recently, which is kind of, which is nice. It's nice to see you yeah, there. I've tried. Oh, my gosh. Can I? That compliment? Yes. I cried. Oh. I cried. Oh, that was like, awesome. The Prairie Mary Poppins. I can't even. <laughs> I, I, that was so sweet. Like, I can't. 
We'll stop now because, yeah, that was very sweet. But, yes, you can try to find me a little <laughs> more often. That's awesome. Uh, of course, pay it forward uh, with football. F- uh, follow them as well as they gear up for the season. Uh, I know they're giving away tickets to every game, so that's exciting. Um, lots of great shows coming out, of course, on the CFPN these days. You can find that at cfpodnetwork.ca. And check out all the great shows on the Alberta Podcast Network at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Um, and, of course, you can join the huddle with us uh, at the Turf District on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, join in all of the chats. We know we've had some great chats here tonight on YouTube. Oh, I forgot to ask, Mike. Did we have other questions that we were supposed to do through YouTube? Uh, yeah, we've got quite a few. Oh, good yeah, Lord. We've had a okay. lot of people watching. So, Okay. Um, do you guys have a couple of moments that we can go through a couple more questions? Oh, we do now. Okay. Well, <laughs> so, I know why. I don't know why I missed that. Usually, mornings, I have it right. Did I mention that I do? Uh, yeah, mornings. mornings? Yeah, mornings. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Okay. I'll go through quick. Okay. Um, yeah. So Leanne did say that uh, the new turf district does look fabulous. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, absolutely. Um, what do we got down here? Uh, Leanne, of course, says hi, Dave, and she was thrilled with the shout out. <laughs> um, Bill wants to know how long Dave's had his own turf district, because that looks pretty slank back there. Uh, since about May of 2020. Nice. So my, uh, my wife and my brother-in-law and myself, we hustled to get this room done, because this is where I work out of uh, in the afternoons and do all my sports casts and do all my uh, everything down here. So, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's a nice, inviting environment. It is. It's beautiful. It's uh, very nice. Smitty was asking, do we know about ticket sales for the uh, first game? Is it close to being like uh, some big numbers or what? I haven't actually heard. I haven't heard any numbers. I know I was told that, that it was uh, we had uh, Chris Preston on, on Friday, and he said it's going well. Uh, it had uh, a, when it went on sale. It went. It, it had a really good jump to it. Then it kind of leveled off a little bit. And then it started to pick up again as uh, they got near the end of training camp. So uh, hopefully we will get a big crowd on Saturday. The, I, I imagine you know Edmonton's a walk up town, right? And yep. and uh, with the weather we're having this week, hopefully it holds. I, I saw some rain in the forecast for Saturday, but hopefully uh, hopefully not, and it'll hold, and we'll we'll get a good walk up crowd. Thirty five thousand t shirts uh, for uh, for everyone who attends. So I think they're hoping there's 5,000 disappointed people who go to the game. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Are all gates going to be open? Does anybody know? As far as I, I know, think yes. So. The, yeah. I think the only rule was try to go to the gate that's closest to your seat. Yes. Right? right? Yeah. And, yeah. And the one thing I've heard, too, is if you take an LRT, go really early because yeah. the LRT is under capacity and it's not running as often as it normally is, especially for the first two games. So uh, if you're going on the LRT, go much earlier than you would normally go, so you don't miss it. And they're going to have apparently going to have a nice ceremony at the start of the game too, honoring the past and the future, and kind of passing the torch, from what I understand. Oh, wow. So Fantastic. you want to be there. You want to be there for that. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Jerry Cooper is super excited for the running game. Me too, Jerry. Um, <laughs> AC Willard eighty eight is asking: Will Terry Williams finally be the return of the team has been searching for the last number of years? He's good. Absolutely. I mean, he's already had a touchdown at Commonwealth or two. So I can't believe how quick he is and shifty he is in space. I mean, I've, I've seen him in the game, but just to see him a little bit more, and it's only a practice situation. But you know, right. when the ball's in his hands and there's open field, he is he is dynamic. He hits awesome. the gas pedal pretty quick. We had that touchdown right before halftime in the Grey Cup in 2018. So yeah. mm. let's have more of those. Um, 
What do we got here? Uh, Coach Vicks asking, do we think Calvin will be still be with the Stamps at the end of the season? Mm, I would say yes. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with an Achilles, I can't imagine that we're going to see uh, anyone returning. So, um, just people saying that like it's almost like a league of extent, expansion teams again from Coach Vic. This is kind of all on paper because we haven't seen anyone play in in a, a year yeah. and a half almost. Absolutely. Years, so. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Dave Winchester is talking about uh, with the uh, new rules coming in. Uh, he says, you know, another thing to consider, he's legally blind. Uh, so he has to use his cane and carry his jacket and blanket. So it's going to be a real pain for yeah. some other people. I mean, whether any sort of disability as well, right? Whether you have mobility issues or anything else, it's going to be pretty tough. But uh, yeah. I think that everyone's just trying to do the best they can. And yeah. uh, like Morley and Dave were saying, like, it's just so that people can see through that bag without having to paw through it. So maybe they'll start making exceptions. People can bring multiple bags or something. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? Uh, just Coach Vic again. Have a great season calling the games of the greatest team in the CFL. It is time. Wow. Fantastic. It is light this rocket time, isn't it? Sorry, Morley. It Trademark for you. I know. 20, yep. 25 cents. Headed 25 around. cents yeah. in the bucket. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. There you go. I will make sure that. We'll, we'll throw it through the window. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike. Sorry. I, uh, yep. miss, you're going to have to stop me the next time and be like, hey, we still got uh, stuff on here. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Thank you to everyone who joined in and asked questions. And uh, sorry we got those in so late. I'll be better about it next next time. All right. So now it is time for the tradition to continue. Uh, everyone sit, pull up your rocking chairs near your fireplace as, uh, I get the fancy. Oh, look at that. The mic's got his lighter. That's outstanding. That's good. Uh, so I am going to be, you know, kind of reading this. So hopefully, uh, it'll look a little bit funny, <laughs> but here we go. Um, it's the, our honor tradition, uh, ever since we started the podcast that, uh, the week that the CFL starts is we, we read the, twas the night before football, um, and uh, this was, uh, you know what, as much as it was hard to know who was going to win the games this week, it was hard to write this this, week, this year because so many different changes and we'd have no idea where the teams are going to be. But uh, we'll have a little bit of fun with this. So here we go. Twas the night before football all across this great nation, CFL is returning to the fans' jubilation. Fans come in all sizes, some young and some old, and they all wear their colors green, red, black, or gold. They've been waiting since 19, saying, are we starting yet? Now the camps are all over and the roster's all set. Every fan is a flutter, every stadium done up, every team is just hoping to win the Grey Cup. The Alouettes have Vernon and Kahari, hooray! But did they really need to steal Mondo away? Sinopoli retires, La Police era begins. New Jersey's may be better than managing wins. Argos sign everyone. The roster is stacked. Let's see how the cap works and not overreact. The cup in their backyard. The tie cats are primed. Breaking the curse now would be perfectly timed. 29 years in the making. Bombers have hopes of repeating. Can they win again without somebody cheating? All right. Yeah, let's pause for effect. Okay. Uh, year two for Cody. Can he do the same, or will injuries slowly drive the province insane? Stamps have reloaded. Huff finds, guys. He's clever. McCarty a Stampeder, greatest heel turn ever? Can the Campbell Lions get out of the sacks vicious cycle? For them to succeed, they must protect Michael. 
Finally to Edmonton, some players the same. We have rookie linebackers and a fancy new name. The offense looks explosive. The return of D. Walker. Lots of T-sniper passing would not be a shocker. Kwaku will sack J. Rose with the picks. And let's not forget about Money White's kicks. Each team starts out even. Each team has a chance. Each D to prevent. Each O to advance. The season goes quick. Let's all try to remember. The effort starts now. So you play in December. So it's time. Hurry quick. Grab a drink and a snack. Time for CFL football. Baby football is back. That's a tough one to get through, actually. A little emotional. Nicely done. <laughs> Nicely done. Thanks, guys. That was great. So for Morley and Dave and Superfan and Commissioner, I'm Andrew. Remember, you can't catch footballs with your face, and we will absolutely talk to you next week.